Hello and welcome to the Three Musketeers podcast. Introducing the brothers behind it, Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Join them on their journey as they discuss unconventional topics from different perspectives. Real experience with key speakers around the world. Welcome back to episode number three. Today we're going to be talking about grief and our experiences with grief. It's not going to be a very uplifting, but be lesson learned, and hopefully we can people can learn from us and our experiences. Yeah, it, it needs to be raw and realistic. We're not going to sugarcoat it. I think before we move on, I should say this is Hamid Amiri, Hassan Amiri, and hopefully we can give you a name of our podcast in due course. So bear with us. If you've got suggestions, please let us know what what that is. So let's kick off. Um, what is your experience of grief? It's obvious for those who've read the book, Plug, The Boy With Two Hearts. But if you want to go first, the experiences. Okay. So where do I start? I think you go through different phases of grief. There are stages in grief anyway. But for me, I think there's another layer that gets missed. So I've lost people that are close to me from grandparents that meant a lot to me, my uh, uncle, auntie. But, and each of those were different. So I guess how close you are, connection to those people, your grief and the way you process is differently. But for the relevance of this topic and relatable to a lot of people, let's go 2018. So for me, I guess it's different. And if you go back to 2018, let's go timeline wise. So there was a moment before I knew this is my personal experience and I'll come and I'll come to you as well, because obviously for you it's a different perspective. There was a moment for me, uh, and again, not giving away too much of the story, um, the final chapter, big bro Paulus in a room, and I guess he gave us his final wish. He told us off, look after each other, be there, make mum and dad happy. And I think that's the moment, I guess he registered for me, this could be not another close episode, this could be it. Now, I don't know if it was at that moment that I promised Big Bro that I'd look after mum and dad that gave me that strength or was it me somehow locking away my emotions and say, I'm going to do this very logically. So I need to know, so I need to work out, okay, what's next? What's next? You know, this, that, and I'll come on to that. And to this day, I don't know which one it was. I think it's a combination of both. I could see myself. So when when Big Bro passed away, it was a, it was an instant. And it's like a flick of a switch, I guess, that I said, okay, now I need to do what needs to be done. And I could see, I could almost see a third person. So I was walking around in the hospital. I could see other people crying, very emotional. But for some reason, I had to contain myself because I knew what needed to be done. 
that's quite interesting. So 2018, I would say, was my first major experience of grief. Mm. Would you agree that was your first, the major one which hits the most? Definitely, oh. yeah. Obviously, is the closest to us. But it's funny because you said you didn't, you were a third person at the time when you notice everyone around you, what was going on. And I think few people said you went into robot mode. You just need to get done what was done, like the paperwork and all the stuff which comes with it. Yeah. So as you said, the start, the stages, do you think that was your denial stage or do you think that was your, let me deal with this? I don't know. Because, and let me put it this way. I knew he was gone. So it can't be denial. Like I spoke to a very good friend of mine and she said, you've gone through the five stages a lot quicker than some people would. But this is the bizarre thing. I just processed it differently. So the example you're referring to, I almost felt guilty when I was walking around the corridor in hospital, knowing what needed to be done. And I... I could feel people looking at me. You know what you said? The yeah. robot. I could see people people looking at me and I was like, I felt cold. But it, I know for a fact it's not because I didn't love Big Bro. I think that's very apparent based on the fact that I decided to write a book and I locked, you know, I locked myself in a room and I wrote about it and I'm chasing, you know, play, movie, whatever. It, so it, it can't be it can't be that, and I know this, because I know how much internally he meant to me, and I loved him, and I, I would carry on loving him. I don't know what took over, and I don't think he was denial. I think a combination of me making a promise there when he said, look after mum and dad. So it wasn't about me, it's about making sure I don't let him down. But also, as you said, knowing, okay, you can deal with this emotion later. Right now, things need to be done. That's that's quite interesting. Because I, I re- remember it, well, exactly what happened. But I remember going into the room and dad saying to me and saying to you, it's okay, you can cry. But for some instant, it wasn't that we didn't want to cry or we didn't what want to show it was. A, I don't, we, I'm pretty sure you were there. So there was the oh, two yeah. rooms in Heath, and I remember that was in the corner, and I was there. And then Dad looked at me and said, "It's okay to cry." But at that moment, I don't know if it was denial, but I think I was just not there. Like I was there, but I wasn't there. Mm. And I and I know exactly when it hit me. When did it hit you? So, so for those who don't know, I don't think this is in the book. But you stayed in the hospital to do all the yeah yeah, yeah the paperwork, and then I took mum and dad home in my car. Yeah. So when I was taking them in my car, coming from Heath Hospital to our house is what five minutes. Yeah. Usually, and that ride was like the slowest ride of all time, like literally time slowed down, and then it hit me when we walked, drove into our street, and I had to stop in our driveway and then it was at that moment I'm like okay they're gonna walk in to our house without big bro and this would be the this would be like the first time see for me 
That's interesting. Obviously, I wasn't there because I was. So, for those who don't know, for the audience, my mind, I like my mind to be super active. I don't think I've got a, med, a medical condition. I just want it to be super active. And I guess that's where I'm not comfortable. It's a way to distract yourself of what was actually going on. But even though I knew what was going on. So paperwork, I remember I had to cons. So what isn't in the book again, when Big Bro passed away, there was about 40 people in uh, intensive care unit, outside intensive care unit. And I remember asking dad, is your, you know, they want to say goodbye to. Yeah, your, I remember that. Dad was like, he's, he's theirs as much as he's ours. If he's the best way I can translate it in, in English. And I remember I was taking two at a time, 30 seconds, a minute, taking them out. And another group, another group, another group. 40 people, that's several times going back and forth. And I could see the nurses around me looking at me weird. And I was apologizing because I was like, I'm sorry, this just needs to, you know, I just need to go through this. But they were, <laughs> they were looking at me because they were like, are you okay? Because what are you doing isn't normal. Now I look back now and I realize that wasn't normal because he was the closest to me, but I was consulting, I was consulting other people and, you know, you know saying it's okay and pulling them out. I do know what, I don't know what took over for me. I, I, and when it hit me, it was, it wasn't the first night or the second night or the third night. It was, I can't remember when it was. It was one of the days where, obviously, you know, he was my roommate. And this yes. is why I said to you, you need to be, you need to be in the room because me and Hussein would have a conversation half 10, 11 o'clock about random stuff. We would do the normal bickering uh, brother, brother's things that we do, and then we'll drag you in from the other. Yes, place. yes. That's what it hit me. The where I'm there, and I could just feel the empty bed, the conversation that isn't going to happen. That's when it hit me, which is why I said to you, you need to be here. It it took me a while to come back to this room and sleep in that corner. See. I don't think for me is it's not the materialistic side of it. It's just the fact that you 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 miss the you know the ambiance, the 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 the, the laughter, the jokes. Yeah. The, even our simple brothers bickering, you know, the petty arguments, and me and him sometimes would would gang up on you, and vice versa, you and him, when, you know, you hit the spot, you know, you hit the sore point and you just, you just dig, 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 dig. That was just us. I never, I was. No, but, but you know what I mean? So, yeah. so for me, that's when it hit me. But I don't know what happened during those days. And again, we, we didn't talk about this. So the scariest moment for me was the burial because I knew what was coming up. So for people who don't know in our religion, when it comes to burial, Someone who's quite close, not necessarily have to be me or you, has to go in the in the in the grave while they're praying, and you you have to be you have to be physically connected to the to the person who's passed away while they're praying, um, and they take out the casket. The person is obviously you know wrapped around yeah. the sheet. That night I couldn't sleep. 
And I remember, you know, we had cousins over, you know, we had friends over, we had you know, the heat from Manchester over, and he was like, bro, you need to do this. It's going to be difficult, but you need to do this. I was okay in my head until they put the casket down. And then Rumba said to him, I can't do it. I can't do it. And we had one of our friends who went in. Yeah. And he was like, and, and Fahim, another good friend of ours, he was like, no, no, bro, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, I just need to do this. I told the guy to get out and I went in. That's the hardest moment. And I don't know what it was about it. Well, I think, well, I know what it was. I don't want to be in the grave holding my brother and say goodbye to him. That's probably the lowest moment. I guess the final moment you say goodbye, but for me that was the lowest moment and the scariest moment. But bizarrely, when I was in there, yeah? You felt? Well, you had me, you had Big Bro, Hussein. Yeah. You had another guy called Hussein. You had another guy called Hussein, right? We were all crying. I was crying my eyes out while they were praying. And it was meant to be the scariest thing to be in the grave, you know, like two and a half meters, whatever down. But I could just feel this aura of peace. And I think, uh, forget, you know, I don't want to say if it's faith or not, but like in your mind, you got your mind and you got your heart. And I knew it was in my mind playing tricks. In my heart, I knew it was in a bad place. So to summarize this, and I know we're going you know, a bit off-piste. That was my experience of grief. To a degree. When I found out when it hit me. So it was at that moment, you think, it hit you the most. Because, well, I don't. In the first couple of days, I don't think we saw each other cry. In the first few, there was the, so the day after, on. there was so much happening. There was so much going on. And you know, we had to sort out, um, so burial, everything, burial, days, the certificates. You know, the third, the fifth. Who are we gonna? What's, what are we gonna text? What we need to get? The food, driving back and forth, people coming down. You know, um, I'm so silly. You know, serving tea. You know, making sure, making sure that mum and dad were there for mum and dad. And I think that's so. Let's put it this way. So me and you, the first few days, had to put our emotions to one side because we knew things had to happen. So, so in in essence, the first few days, you couldn't put it into denial or go into isolation mode. No, because there was no room to do that. No. So I think for everyone who knows it, there are roughly five stages or seven stages. People say. Do you feel? So denial, you said you don't think it happened or you didn't go through the stage? I don't think so. Anger, did you ever felt? Did you blame yourself for anything? Or like, because we both religious backgrounds or... Did I felt anger? No. No. And I know this because because mum did very strongly. And I think she still, she still does to a degree. Yeah. I don't think I was... I don't think I was angry and I don't know how to describe it. It, and I don't know when it happened, but I'm, I knew it was in a better place. So I was content knowing he's no longer struggling because he, he you know, the, the last, you know, 17 to 18 was a rough year, you know, with him going back and forth from the hospital. And I, 
I don't know, very early on, I had to force my mind to say, I had to force my mind to look at, look to find some positive. So I forced my mind to say, I'm lucky that I had additional 17 years with my brother, rather than saying, why? Because if I wanted to be negative, the night before, we had an argument over dirty nachos. From Subway. From Subway. Which is a establishment that we don't go to. No more. Yeah, no yeah, more. yeah, you're right. I mean, not plugging Subway either. Um, but, but, but that's... But that, so, th- so there you go. I could have... I could have said, the last time I spent time with Big Bro, we had a, a, a bicker. Bicker, yeah. Or I said to myself, I'm very fortunate that he called me in a room and you and for one last time told us what to do and get a chance to say goodbye. I mean, the way the, the, way the book ends, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, I lock eye with Big Bro. Yeah. I pull Mum away. I lock eye with, with Big Bro as he passes away. That's, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy to do that. To do to to be in that situation, but at the same time, I was so glad because I can say I was with him till the end, and I don't know. I don't think it's a coping mechanism. I think for me, that's it's the fact that you were there. Yeah, but I, I think I draw, I I I look for the positive. Otherwise, it, it will just eat you from inside. Yes, hundred percent. I think the last moments. I don't. You, we were in different places because you was with mum and I was with dad. Because dad likes to walk. I know this is going a bit off peak. No, but we had we had tasks. Yeah, we had tasks. This is. It wasn't our. I hate to say this. It wasn't our first rodeo, but we've done this, so we know what to do in yes. these scenarios. Yeah. It's like an autopilot mode. You've got the. You've got the formation. You go there. You go there. Yeah. I think one other hard part was is I had to keep going in and back and forth. Mm. And then dad came saying, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And I remember, I think it was the nurse, Beth, walking up to say that he's passed away. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there, obviously. No, because you was in I there was already in the room to yeah. me and dad. And I couldn't tell dad what she translated to me. How can you? And yeah, and I, and I know because it was... And, it was a moment of, you could say, denial. It was a moment of going, I don't know what to say at this moment. Yeah, but how how can you? But, yeah. But it's, it was just uh, going going back to anger. So you, most people blame God. Have you, did you ever think about that? No. No. Again. Or even ask God why. Because it's, it's a fair question to ask. It's not like doubting your faith. Oh, it's, these questions are valid to have. To- totally agree, and maybe to make it much more universal, it's okay to go through denial, anger, um, acceptance. I guess is the final stages. Yeah, don't don't ruin the stages. Okay, I apologize. So it's okay to go through the stages. For me personally, I and again because I remember I was telling mum. So for me, in my head, I don't know. Let's call it logical. I said so many times, and this was in the first rodeo, as you said, so many times I've asked God and I've prayed, please save him. It's in the book, you know, for God's sake, right? And I was like, God has saved him 
so many times. But in 2018, if God has said, do you know what? He's better off being with me than suffering more. So I'll take him. I'll take him to be with me. Who am I? Or what right do I have to question, to question God's decision? That was my thought process. And I remember not bickering with mum, but keep saying to mum, mum, how can you, how can you, how can you not question it? Hmm. How can you say why when logically so many times, and for people who don't know, when we say close calls, his heart stopped several times. In once in 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 a lift somewhere, he's yeah. stopped for several minutes. He's been shocked several times to 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 bring her back, you know. Um, so for me, all those moments, there was a divine being up there for us, obviously God, right, to say, no, he's got a bit more time. But 2018, to me, God went, you know what? He's better off being here with me, and he will be pain free. And he no longer needs to be on, you know, food restriction and not able to walk and all the stuff and all the stress and, you know, transplant, etc. And you get a chance to say goodbye to him rather than you wake up and he's no longer breathing. So my worst nightmare was if you weren't there. Yeah, my, my worst my worst nightmare were always I wake up, he has an episode, I call the ambulance and... They get here too long and he dies in my hand and there's nothing I can do. That was my worst nightmare, right? Yeah. So if that's my benchmark, if he's in the bed, come, surrounded by 40 people, by the nurses, by me, by you, by mum, by dad, and I get a chance to say goodbye to him and one final advice, that is 10 times better than my worst case scenario. That, that's a... Do you see how I process it? That, that's a that's a very strange way of processing stuff. Because it's almost like an if formula inside your head. If this happens, but if it's this, you I mightn't want to get yourself checked out. I think uh, that's a given. But for me, that's what it was. Because I think, if I'm being honest, I there was a day or two where I was angry. What were you angry? It was more reactive. In an essence of, why God? Why? And then, within a day or two, it's just early on. Early on. Why? What? Why him? Yes. Why now? Why now? Why him? Why to us? Because the timing was. There's no good timing, but it was a very shit timing. In terms of for mum. It it was it was literally five days. Yeah. Um, since grand granddad passed away. Yeah. yeah. So that was my question. This, as I said, it's no good time, but why this time? Well, that's very interesting. Yes. So, so see, that's interesting. So, because for me, it's the exact opposite. But yeah, as I said, it was a very a short, a short moment. No, but it's okay though. No, and I know, and I and I said, to, I've, I think I've told you. I said, I said. It's okay to question faith or go, okay, why? And then come back to it. Because it, it was, for those two days, it was, it was hard for me to even pray. See, for me, wow. For me, that's what surprised me. 
if I look to myself, and I'm not saying I am, even now, if someone said to me, you know, um, you know, faith, religion, you know, I'd say mum and dad are up there. Yeah. On how strong their faith is. Yeah. And then me, and then you. Would I, well. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be top of the list. Let's put it this way. Yeah. But what surprised me in a really, really scary way is obviously 2018 when Big Bro passed away. It became. It was so strong. That I did. I. I didn't know I had that in me. So you know, you said you were angry. Yeah. Didn't want to pray. No. And I don't know. I don't know. So we the burial was two days after. Yeah. He passed away on Wednesday. Burial was on Friday. I don't know when I went inside the grave and I said goodbye, what I felt. Yeah. But but you also had a very personal dream, not to go in detail about it, after it, where you it almost felt like acceptance. Um that he's gone to a better place. Yes. Yeah, so without going into details, yeah, I've I remember waking up because you wrote it down. This was a very vivid dream, and then you oh, said very... you said detailed like this. So it was this color. It was very that detailed. Color. I've still got it saved on my yeah. phone. So I woke up again for the audience, and you know, without going off off piece to too much, I wake up random time in the middle of the night, and I just I, rem- I get waken up based on how the dream ended, I guess, and I just write the whole thing, and it's like two and a half pages on my phone. Just writing it vividly from what happened, and you're right. I felt what I felt um, on the day. I have that dream where, again, Big Bro's telling me, "By the way, do this and do that and yeah. do this." And then I, I, I don't know. It, I could just sense it wasn't my mind trying to protect what was going on. You know the stages. Yeah, it was. It just felt in my heart. I think when you feel it here in your heart, how can you be angry? Yeah, and. Um- Moving on from that, um, I'm going to skip the next stages, three next stages of grief, and then come back to it and just ask you some questions. How do you deal with it? And do you think you've dealt with it? There are no right answers. No, no, no. And I get that. Uh, and again, it's very relevant to where we are now with what's going on, you know. Um, COVID nineteen has has led to so many people losing loved ones, yeah. and you know a lot of situation because you don't get said goodbye and the funeral are limited, etc. So I can't even imagine what the people the pain they I, I can't Im- imagine what they're going through. I don't think you, for me, you're always kind of grieving anyway. You, you I'm always going to miss big bro moments, uh, laughters. So I think that's always there. Yeah, the best way to explain it, it's it's like a wave. So you can have small waves, big waves, or no waves in the sea. Yes. But eventually a wave will come. So whether it's the year anniversary, a wave will come, or moments, and then some days you'll have no waves in the sea. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think from, from, from me personally, because when you, when you go through grief, as a human being, when you go through a low moment like that, it's a, it hits you to the core and you're filled with emotions that you can't even describe the amount of it. As you said, anger, frustration. Yeah. Now, 
for me very early on, I use that energy, that emotions, the raw, raw energy. Let's, let's call it that way, the raw, raw energy. But I use that to fuel me to do what I want to do. So I use that emotions and energy of grief to write the book. People are surprised I wrote 86,000 words in three months. Was that me exerting the pent-up emotions that I had? I don't know. I don't know. But there was a fire in that three months wanting to get those words out, wanting to to chase an editor. Um, and I'm not, you, you know this already, it's still there because I'm chasing the theatre, I'm chasing the, the, the movie, the Netflix, whatever. And I think that fire was when Big Bro passed away. So, so you said that fire has kept you writing the book and chasing it stuff. Mm. This is a very open question and you probably won't know until it's all over. So you know when you said you, you're still going through it in a way, it's like waves. Yes. Do you think there's a possibility once all this is done that it will really hit you after it? Because you've achieved all the things, all the energy that you've put into... It already has. So I remember the... Um... I remember the I remember the moment we got the book deal. I remember the moment I had so let me get this the first copy, the uncorrected proof copy. When I went to London, I didn't know they had it, they gave it to me. I was on a train on the way back. I was on my on my own, obviously. And I literally had a full on cry. Cause it hit me then. I was like, oh wow, I this is more than a book. When I had the the theater, when when Emma Evans, big shout out if you're listening to this, when she told me, by the way, we we want to do this. It's happening in 2021. We both composed ourselves. We both got emotional talking because she she could see how much it meant to me, but I didn't want to like sob in a coffee shop in in, in Cardiff Bay, right? I got to the car. You sobbed in your car. I did, yeah. I got to the car. I said, obviously, you know, I said. Bro, this is for you. Thank God. And then I had a full-on cry. And I think I will have another moment. I've already, I've already dreamt about this. And I, I've got a moment where I walk up the stairs when we go into the first, the first play, the, the premiere. And I've got a feeling we will see a lot of people that knew Big Bro and knows us, right? And again, I feel like you'll hit me again. Yeah, I will, I, I will just cry. Well, you were there, so when we went to. When we went back to to um, Heath Hospital, yes, yeah, and we saw the waiting rooms, the waiting rooms that Big Bro's vision was to make him a much more nicer, and... nicer, fun. You know, that is not a dramatic place. As soon as I saw the room, I broke down. In a way that that Beth knew she was right behind me. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. So. To the first point, you know, people are like, oh, robotics, you know, you know it, was, it was robotic, you know, no emotions. That's BS, because I know how much it meant to me, because I know I've, I've cried and I will carry on crying. I'm not ashamed of it. But I think when the time came, I was like, this isn't time for me to cry, this is for me to get things done. So when, when people ask questions, have you dealt with it? There's not, because when, when people ask that, it means it's almost over, to an essence. You should stop griefing. 
And I think that's, I think that's wrong. I think that's an, a, a foolish question to ask me. Like, okay, it's been a year or two because I think there's no life expectancy on grief. It can go on for years and years. I think you can get less. It's the best way someone explained it to me is you can have one kidney yeah. and carry on living your life. But it's painful sometimes. You feel it. Yes. Because you're supposed to have two kidneys. I, I've, I've said to this, and I'm saying this to mom, you, you will never forget that person. You just, you learn to cope with it. Yeah. I think one needs to be very clear. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to, you know, go through denial. It's okay to go through every emotion that you go through. And six months later, six days later, six years later, because mum, dad, parents, brother, sister, sibling, you know, wife, wife, husband. wife, husband, yeah. They mean the world to us. I think what you're in control, you could choose to focus on the negatives or you could constantly remember the good times. So to come to our example, I could have chosen... So Big Brother anniversary was last weekend, weekend before. Yeah, I could have relived the day. I could have. I could wake up at two a.m. saying I had the call, go through the whole thing. Yeah, but I know what I know what I, that, that what would I achieve from that? Literally zero. Except harming myself, or I could. Remember all the good times. So the weekend, you know, before, I could say, man, we had so much laughter. Yes, I miss it every second, every day. But I'm so glad we had so much laughter, so much jokes, so much love. And guess what? People now know you more than they did. Ever before. Ever before, you know, three, five, you know, 10,000 people, whatever. People around the world are getting to know you. I personally had two choices two weekends ago, and I chose the positive. So take out the book situation, because not everyone's going to write a book. No. As a human being, you can either say the why and all the negative stuff. And let's be fair. No matter what we want to project, you know internally where that's going to take you. You could be telling me I'm fine, but internally you know it will eat you from inside. You can be completely honest with yourself, right? So you know, if you take a moment and pause, you know the route you're going is going to take you down underwater and is going to be a um, spiral of negativity. I think, yeah, once you go through a negative thought, it doesn't stop. But if you've been completely honest with yourself, you know that. Yeah. You're not going to admit it, but you know that. So you know you could take that route or you could take a minute and just reflect on all the positives that's happened. For example, I would take, I would give my, I've said this quote, I would give my arms, I would give my legs to have another minute with Big Bro. Yeah? I'm with you. And I could say why and be angry. Or what I chose to do, I say I was lucky that I had 30 odd years with him by his side. So do you think that is your coping mechanism? 
how you dealt with this in, in the scenario? Uh, I, I've, I think in life, I'm, I've been, I guess I've been quite lucky. I'm always trying to look for the positive and negative situation. So for me, what I said to you earlier, saying goodbye him with me in that room, the final moment, is the it, it could be the it, it is the horrible and the most lowest moment in my life. But it could be a lot worse. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. But also, is a moment that I'm very grateful to have. And I think when when you process it that way, or when I did, it makes the whole thing not easy is a wrong word. It's putting a different perspective yes. of looking at it. Yeah. It's it's a lot harder to do on certain scenarios, try to look in the positive, understandably, like this. Like work stuff, anything normal, it's easier to say, okay, let's look focus on the positive. Yeah. But with grief and death, that takes mental strength to a next to to, to a different degree for everyone to do. Yes. Everyone's capable of doing it. I genuinely believe you're capable of doing it, but it, it with the right support. Yes, it takes a it takes a lot to um, to do it. And hey, let's not forget, I had people, I spoke to people. Uh, you know, I, I never seek professional counseling. Counseling, if someone's going through grief, I highly recommend it because you know, mum did, dad did, but I think what I was fortunate and probably you as well, people around us you know, workplace, friends, colleagues, external sources that were just there to listen. Because I know I had people that I'd ring and I'd just talk for half an hour, 40 minutes. Um, a good few. And I think if I didn't have that... You would be in a worse situation. Of course I would be. Yeah. So shout out to all the people who were there for both of they, us. They all, they all know who they are. Um, I had a good few. So, so with all that happened two years on, do you think you've hit all the five levels? As in, I hate, I hate to use this word, as in, have you accepted it now? No, it's the fact that when I first learned about the five stages, they made it look so like it's in order. But I genuinely do believe you can go back and forth through time. I agree. Have I gone through the five stages? Um, so, for example, one of the stages is bargaining, if I'm correct. Yes. Bizarrely, I was doing that when Big Bro was still alive. So, is the when you do the if only scenarios? If Which, only I got a second earlier, if only we went to another door, that's the bargaining chip. So, so, you bargain with. No, so for me, I, I guess the, the way I said, um, I would see um, bargaining is I'm not very active. It's a lie now. <laughs> I'm not very active on social media. So, you know, Facebook, etc. And I remember when doctor told us, you know, he's on adrenaline shot. He's had, I think, has had enough. And it was the first time, it's the only time, I put a post on Facebook and I could probably go back. It's still there. Me literally begging people online for a prey for prey. So that's for me, you know, bargaining. Um, if there was, and I, and I remember this, I posted this. And I can't remember what time it was, it was in the morning post of it. And 
throughout the day, people were like responding. And I remember I had to go back and it's still on my phone. I had to go back because people were still saying, you know, he's in our thoughts. And I just went, um, not don't bother. I was like, too late. Just to let you know, he's passed away. That itself is going to be hard to post back. If you see what I mean, because you posted it and then people go in texting you, oh, okay. I had to. Pray. It's to send that message must have been very difficult. I had to. Yeah. Um, just to sum it up, is there any way that you can explain what grief is or feeling wise? Because I've got a quote here from C.S. Lewis. No one ever told me grief felt like fear. Not as in you're afraid, but the sensation of being afraid. Because you don't know what's next, in an essence, he's trying to say. How to describe fear and um, grief. To me, it felt like a void. And I guess still is. In essence, of around you, but also in your heart. That you know it can't be filled. And I guess the other bit is, is a realisation that person that you loved is no longer there. A hello, a goodbye, a sorry, a laughter, a joke, um, a random conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is knowing you won't have a second choice, a second chance. It's hard to describe what a grief is, because I think to everyone is different. If I said to you, well, how would you describe it? I, I would agree with what you said. It is... Like you're missing something in life, in essence. If it's someone's really close with you, it's like, okay, there's a part of me which is not here. It's feeling you're incomplete. Yes. Um, is there any other things you want to add? or What about grief? Yeah, because I would want to do another talk about how we almost went back to reality in terms of work um, and sort of have a, what do you call it, a psychiatrist or a counsellor on the podcast. Yeah, I guess for me... Uh, so final words for the... For the for this session? For this session. The best way I can, I guess, try to wrap it up is grief isn't it easy. I don't think it's meant to be easy. Now, if you're a man or a woman, it's okay to have those emotions. It's okay for you to go through those stages. It's okay to feel distant and not yourself. But also realize that as there's a lot of people who've gone through that. So seek advice. Yeah, I, I 100% say seek advice for anyone. Even if you don't want to go to a counselor, talk to people who have gone through it. Reach out. Yeah. Don't consume yourself by the negative thoughts on why anger, 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 because that will consume you and your life. And whoever the loved, the loved one was, or if for us, big bro, he wouldn't want that. He would want you, she would want you, your parents, your brother, your cousin, your, your wife, your husband, your sister, your brother. They would want you to remember the good times. So for me, that would be my, I guess, not advice. I'm no one to be advising. 
But for me, that's what, if I reflect back, that's what I want tell people myself. to take away. And yeah, tell myself to realize it's okay. We're human beings. We'll have up and down. It's not going to be perfect. I think that's it. Uh, it's almost like a some, some buy-ins end. Some, some, I don't know what you're trying to say. Like a sad ending. I don't think it's sad, but it, I think we said at the beginning is going to be a, a raw, raw conversation. But we need to talk about these topics because it will allow people to raise so, questions. And this is a platform to talk about those stuff. And for people to understand, they're not alone going through these thoughts or through these emotions. Exactly. I think I'm going to end it there. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Three Musketeers, hosted by Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Don't forget to share and follow, as more thought-provoking episodes with guests around the world will be appearing soon. See you soon.